what you're looking for Inside that record store Across the whole world They've gone Searching for shelves of gold To find that perfect score You're listening to the record story Come You're listening to the record story all right, welcome back to the Goldmine Podcast, Record Store Recon Edition. And of course, we have Dr. Disc here. How you doing? I'm good? doing great. Doing good. <laughs> Keeping up with that record collection or what? Yeah, and I got a brand new microphone. Yeah, so oh, my God. Getting, getting all fancy. You're moving on up in the world. Yeah, yep. Um, so let's talk about a specific uh, record store that you went to go visit and one of your recon opportunities, Vinyl Days Records. It's in Virginia Beach, Virginia. I actually have been there on vacation. And, you know, on vacation, I still have to stop into record stores and check them out. And had a similar discussion that you did with the owner, uh, Martin, I believe his name is, right? Yep, that's correct. Martin Martin Sneed. And he said that he started the business kind of like a midlife crisis. I forgot what he said he was doing before, but he was glad he was not doing that anymore. He was done with that career and started doing what he loves, his hobby of collecting records. So it looks that was about seven years ago, I think. And so he's still there. So good. Yep. I'm glad. Yeah, um, I had, like you, um, when I go on vacation, I build my vacation around what record stores <laughs> I'm going to get to visit, depending on where my wife is dragging me. And um, Doesn't and the wife good... love it when you go to the record stores? <laughs> she is a very good sport. I will give her full credit for the fact that she makes it easy for me to get into these stores. And so on this trip, um, I probably visited six or seven different record stores. And Vinyl Days just stood out, even though, I mean, not only as an amazing record store in Virginia Beach, um, which I believe only has two record stores, but just on the whole trip, um, it was probably the top record store that I visited. Yeah, I did the same thing, and I think it was the best one in the area. Yep. Um, It's very uh, well-organized, clean, but... A lot of stuff, like you said, it's sort of like um, it. It's weird because it's so organized and clean, yet there's so much of it. You feel like you're crate digging, right? Yeah, it's it's a good mixture of both, kind of that great digging, that crate digging feel. But you know, you're not going to have to like use half a bottle of hand sanitizer um, <laughs> when you're done, and um it's it just it has a pleasant atmosphere too so it's it feels like that type of place where hey if they had chairs there you would just sit down and and talk with martin and uh and his other staff and um you know and just hang out it's it's a nice record store it's what a record store should be to a community you brought up the right word chair or chairs <laughs> because what i hate is well i i never did mind it before but you know, I'm getting old. I'm in my 50s, so I, I can't go um, get on my knees and dig under through crates or, you know, sit on the floor because I might not get back up. 
Yeah, no one wants to have to call an ambulance to get you up from <laughs> yeah. the store. But no, seriously, I I, uh, I I feel like there need to there needs to be more chairs and stuff, even a stool. I've seen a rec- record store use like one of those little, um, like you would see them in Barnes and Noble, like little stools. Yeah. Pick things out, but I, I sit on that and dig through the crates underneath. Well, Pat, I think we found the next item that we can have in the gold mine store. We can have the official gold mine stool. Yeah, um, I like that. A little pop-up stool that you can carry with you to record stores, and you can <laughs> pop it up and, and set up and build camp at somebody's store. We call it the crate digger. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, because, you know, every record store, they use every space available. And the racks usually have space underneath, and that's where – They'll use it, you know, th- to have like, you know, dollar records or yeah, and, and overstock a lot of times too. overstock, um, all that stuff. Um, but also that it, it seemed like a place where it had the Virginia Beach vibe, right? I mean, yeah, it's it sort does. of like, let's hang yeah. out. Even their, even their store shirts are unique i think um i did pick up a shirt for the for quilt number two but i believe it is the first salmon colored shirt uh, for a record store that i picked up and and he took a lot of pride in saying you know our shirts are real unique and it it does have that kind of beachy uh resort town kind of feel to it but um but unlike a lot of resort town record stores his prices are not resort prices. His prices were really good. That's a good point. Now, what did you do? What do you usually do when, uh, like, we drove there? So, you know, the records I bought there, I could just put in the car. But I, I always wonder, people, like, when, I, for instance, when I take a flight somewhere, I never feel comfortable putting records, like, you know, traveling on a plane with records. Did you drive there? We did drive for this trip. We drove, um, but I will tell you when I fly, I have a special record bag that I bring with me. You do, for yeah, for carry on. Then else we could put in the store. What do you call that little sucker? <laughs> it's just a record. It's a record bag that's padded. Um, but but I'd be happy to call it my gold mine bag if we were selling it in our store. Is it padded um, enough to put into the stowaway or? Yeah. Yep. Yeah? yeah, or in a suitcase. You could put it in a suitcase. I I tend not to put my records into a into a suitcase unless I again if I'm carrying it on, I'm okay with it. If I'm checking it, I never put records through check through the checking system. Uh. I would rather pay the money to have them shipped home than than allow baggage TSA baggage claim people to you know throw my luggage around and destroy my records. True. Yeah, I've I've shipped stuff home, but yeah. you know, a lot of times you get uh, stuff you find is a dollar or five dollars. Well, which I will tell you that on this trip, um, I specifically brought a empty record plastic container, specifically designed for carrying records. And by the time I got back home, it was three quarters full. So well, let me tell I you did- what kind of a geek I am, and tell me if I'm crazy okay i go to record stores and if i want to explore a certain type of music say you know let's just pick out i don't know jeff sing 
Starship's catalog because right. it was more of an airplane guy. And I'll look and see for the dollar to five dollar albums, bring them home and put them on a portable um, just to check out the music if I like it. And if I like it enough, I'll buy the near mint copy. Now, I could just go on, you know, a streaming service and listen. <laughs> but for some reason, I need to buy a shitty record and sample it that way. Uh, do you do similar things like that? I do. There have been times that I have bought albums that, you know, maybe somebody had mentioned the name of that band and I wanted to check it out. Um, right. As a matter of fact, I just picked up uh, this week uh, The Few, F-U-G-S, The Fugs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. I picked up one of their albums because somebody had mentioned to me that they were kind of one of the bands that kind of pre-punk, but that a lot of punk bands look to to say, you know, they were a very unique band and uh, didn't know anything about it and bought it and brought it home and, you know, was really impressed, but didn't pay a lot for it. And so I probably will look now to get a much nicer copy. And then when I get that, I usually, you know, will trade in the old copy or give it to somebody else that I think would benefit from learning about this band. Yeah. Like, I don't like playing the dollar records on my nice techniques turntable and it's stylus you know i i right. use the i use the i think it's fun man i i you know i use the portable which is a decent one rockaroa portable and um instead of doing streaming i like doing this because i get to you know have the sleeve uh the record itself anything that comes with it a lot of times you pick up those cheap records and you find an intact sleeve that is near mint. You know what I mean? Oh, I, I found I found um, show poster, like, you know, flyers for some, you know, more unique yeah. punk shows inside some of those. So, yeah, you never know what you might find inside. And adult, adult records are not always bad condition. No. I've found. Uh, maybe if it's a really popular band, perhaps, like Led Zeppelin. You know, if you find a dollar Zeppelin, it's going to be worn, I'm sure, scratches galore. But if you find something like, you know, Gibson Starship, uh, which, you know, they're not as, they're just not as uh, popular as, say, Zeppelin. Right. Um, you know, you'll find them in the dollar bin. So um, I also go through a lot of those 60s groups, um, you know, that. Hey, I mean, I picked up a Kingston trio just to check it out. Yep. Um, you know, that you you wouldn't you usually see in the dollar bin because it's not as popular or um the demand isn't great. But it was like near mint. So you can never have too many copies of knee deep in the hoopla. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, is that you'll find in these you know, you'll find these deep cuts. Oh, uh, yeah. Albums that you would never suspect. Of course, I did get in a dollar bin Jethro Tull under wraps, and that was just, man, that was just a bad record. <laughs> Jethro Tull trying to be like the cars. It just wasn't working at all. And maybe I found like a minute of a song that was good and then just ruined it with synthesizer. Yeah, but anyway, was, we digress. I, I, talk to, um, I, I talk to a lot of people who do, you know, a lot of collecting of 
of you know, wanting you know wanting to make sure that they get every album of every band but then right. you're right at some point in time in the career the band tried to do one thing different and then people are like uh you know oh that that's their heavy metal period and you know they were a goth band and so you don't want to buy that but you know to be a collector do you really need to ha should you have you know every album they like even if you listen to the damned which i'm a huge damned fan yeah but the the music that they put out early on is not at all like the period the music that they put out in the 80s that was much darker kind of gothy um mm. and they completely changed their whole sound and now they're back to kind of what you know to what they were before so, right yeah. you know it's weird because fans if a band stays the same sound they'll get criticized for being samey you know they they never yep. explored but when they do change their sound they get criticized <laughs> for yep. doing yep. so and you know certain periods of their career will get mocked but you know i couldn't go wrong with picking up that jethro tull for a dollar under wraps yeah. right uh, i mean think about how many dollars we waste every day and so i i'm a bit listen i think i've said this on a repeated podcast I typically try and buy a record from every store I go into. Um, you know, I want to support that store. Very rarely do I walk out empty handed. Um, there have been a couple of stores I've visited that I'm just like, these stores will not get reviewed in our magazine. But but I also don't trash them because, you know, while they didn't connect with me, it's still somebody's business and somebody's trying to do something. And maybe there's other people out there that it works for. Yeah. Um, so, I mean yeah. Many people don't know we trade records back and forth. Maybe I'll sneak it in my next <laughs> under wraps to you. Yeah. You'll get the Jethro Tell under wraps. But oh, I did. I, I I will tell you because I remember, um, you know, one of the albums I was really excited that I found at Vinyl Days was I'd been looking for this 13th Floor Elevators kind of oh, yeah. um, greatest hits that they just kind of re-put out. Yeah. And um I've been looking all over for it, but sure enough, Martin had it and a really good price on it. So, uh, so I was able, that was one of, I What's think. What's a good price for you on that one? I think I paid. 20 bucks? 20. No, it was brand new. So I think I paid 26 or oh, maybe okay. even 30. Yeah. But I've seen it as high as like $38. So. Well, he's done a good job. He won an award, right? Best he did. He, he is the. Virginia. Yeah, 2023 Best Record Store in Eastern Virginia by Virginia Living Magazine. Wow. Well, it is true. Like you and I said, it is the best one in that area. And he's passionate about it. Yep. And, you know, I think that I, he gets, you watch him walking around the store. He's always like, even if there are uh, no customers buying anything, he walks around, he organizes stuff. He's playing music. It's off. It's like almost like he likes to be a DJ and um, play music. Like he played everything when I was there, from the Beach Boys to like Metallica. He, you know, he played like everything. Well, uh, and they they do have a huge variety of music, and I think that this may be the first store I visited that had a dedicated rack for yacht rock. Yeah. It's amazing how yacht rock has become such a big term now. Yep. Even I think Sirius XM has a yacht rock channel. Time to go out and buy your Christopher Cross albums. Which you're, you know, sure to hear Steely Dan and Toto every hour. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. 
Like, and some Jerry, you got to throw some Jerry Rafferty in there. Oh yeah, Jerry. Oh yeah, of course. No, that's got to be in there. Yep. Um, so that's funny that he has a yacht rock section. See, the problem with doing that though is that not everyone will agree with who you pick, or they're used to seeing those bands in the rock section, so they may overlook them. Yeah, but, I think. I think, you know, and that probably is one of the biggest dilemmas that most store owners have when they look and do this. Because I, I remember when I was up with the guys from Loud Pizza, we were having this conversation around the Clash. Do hmm. they put Clash in with the rock music, you know, where because a lot of their later albums were being played on just regular commercial radio stations? Or do you put them in punk? But then the people that are looking for combat rock, you know, aren't going to find it because they're not looking in the punk section. I would just put everything in rock, kind of like being the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame philosophy. Uh, you know how I feel about that. <laughs> you know why? Because I'll go into heavy metal section sometimes and say, what the hell is this band doing in here? Yeah. You know, like you'll find people put in the heavy metal section Stuff that should not, like Montrose. Montrose should not be in the heavy metal section. Well, let's remember uh, which band won the very first ever Grammy for heavy metal. <laughs> uh, wasn't that Jethro Tull who beat yeah. out Metallica? So, I mean, yeah, yeah the, the industry itself has not done a really good job of, of creating specific genres. That's why I think heavy metal should just be in the rock section. Uh, uh, you know, I just put it, just up. Put everything from A to Z, you know, and let people go through it. You know, that's my philosophies because I, I have eclectic taste. Right. Uh, I'm going to buy maybe from every genre, you know. So I just want to go to the A or to the Z and get what I need. And it's easier that way. But I think in, I think in smaller stores that works real well. Right. Um, but, I, but I think when you start to get to some of these bigger stores, I think you've got to have it broken down by genre because there are people who will specifically like come in for hip hop and they're not going to want to go through 40,000 records to try and find, you know, the one or two records they're looking for. They want to go to the hip hop section and then go through that to see if you have it. Well, they but can small, go yeah. right to the alphabet, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But again, in smaller stores, yeah. I think, I think it works well. Plus, you know, it's interesting because um, the store that I'm going to review next for the next issue, um, which was a really small store, when I talked to him about albums, he's like, well, yeah, you know, you'll find that in the D's should be sort of in that area. <laughs> you know, so it wasn't exactly like all the D's were in one area, but within that area, they weren't alphabeticalized. And it's because, you know, people pull stuff out all the time and it's got to be nuts to try and keep it in order. That's all a the good time. point. That's a good yeah. point. Excellent point. Where if you, you know, at least there'll be somewhere, say, in metal section or rap. Yeah. Section. All right. That's a good point. Um, you said he also carries new and used turntables or is yep. that just turntables or audio equipment? I think he had a large selection of audio equipment. It was really a unique store, the way the way they're set up, because um, first, it's tucked a little bit around the back of like a, a little strip mall. Um, so it's not right on the main strip. But when you walk in, um, there there's like you make a right to go through the doors. And when you open the doors, the checkout counter is like right there. But the exit door is on the other side of the checkout counter. So 
it's a great way for him to always see everybody who's coming in and mm-hmm. going out because yeah. everybody comes in one way, leaves the other way. True. And, you, and you have to pass by the front desk. It's great. You know that. So he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to worry about like people just opening the doors, looking in and kind of leaving without him knowing who they were. But, um, but when you, once you walk in and go kind of, there's like a little room off to the right and that's where all the stereo equipment is. And it was, it was pretty extensive. Had a, Cool opportunity to talk to him about, you know, any of the celebrities that have stopped by because I just figured being a kind of a destination location that maybe he had gotten a few celebrities. And um, he was telling me that Phil Collin from Def Leppard has really connected with that store and um, they have regular contact and he comes by. But they've also had uh, the band Ghost has stopped by and uh, several members of the Doobie Brothers have shopped there. Oh. That's interesting. I mean, you know what's weird with the turntables though, or the stereo equipment, is that you ever found like I bought equipment from a record store and mm-hmm. it didn't work, and I had to bring it back, and the guy was like, "Well, I don't know anything about it. Uh, I gotta have a third party look at it." And I'm like, "Gosh, you know, you know, it, I, that I kind have... of bothers me, you know." But well, you know, the interesting thing is so. I, you know, come on, you're about the same age as I am. And I mean, I remember those golden days where almost every strip mall had like an audio store. Yep. And and you could go in and you could buy all brand new equipment at, at you know, at an audio store. Well, those days are few and far between. And, and even here in the northwest suburbs of Chicago, where I reside, I think there's maybe one really good store that still just does stereo equipment. Um, but and, I, and I've talked about um, Siren Records before. Bill up in Siren, he's got, I mean, a whole wing of his store is stereo equipment. And they do, I mean, they treat their customers right. Like if you buy something and for some reason it doesn't work and you bring it back, they take care of you. So yeah. I've never had that experience. Um, but but I would not buy from somebody who wouldn't, you know, who doesn't have the capacity to help fix you, fix the problems. I think you need to ask the store. Yep. Uh, can, if something's wrong with it, can you have a person at least that will fix this? Um, yeah. And, no, and I agree. also, you know, because especially when you're dealing with older technology that might actually sound better, like a receiver with tubes, you're not going to find a lot of people, you know, there's only a certain amount of people that know how to fix that. That's right. What's going on inside. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's my only Anyone who's listening, if you go to buy a turntable or a receiver, make sure that they have either the owner knows about equipment and how to fix it, or you know this, or they have they hire a third party person who comes in and 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 fixes stuff. Um, also, I, I wanted to ask you about um, the the one thing that was a minus was like you said the area was kind of a strip mall. And when I first pulled in, I was like, yeah. But then it was the opposite when I walked in. Right. When you look at it from the outside, you're like, this is not going to be that impressive. But then when you right. walk in, you're like, whoa, this is very right. good. Yep. I find, I find the same thing with a, a record store in Wallingford, Connecticut called uh, Red Scroll. They used to be in this place that had like it was in like an artsy section and it was a cool building. Now they're, they moved to this warehouse and it's great because there's so much room, 
but there's no ambiance or character and you pull in and you're just pulling into like this office park <laughs> so there is like a downside even though i think they're better now with inventory yep and, and storing it the downside is there's no you know how we walk into a store and it feels like culturally like it just feels comfortable and I hate to use the word quaint but you know it yep. has some ambiance man it has uh some sort of coolness to it where they're they're posters hanging up and you know all these nooks and crannies and like with with red scroll now there are no posters hanging up it's just this warehouse so it's kind of uh it took away from that feel but they're better now that's the irony but anyway yeah i mean vinyl days is a great example of kind of don't judge a book by its cover yeah you know you're right it is a lot more from the inside than it is from the outside like i could have given up and said uh Nah, it's I don't want to go in here, but no, it's really worth it. So don't yeah. judge it. Uh, even though it's got a cool logo outside. It does. Movies. And, and again, I didn't ask him where he came up with the uh you know the name, Dazed and Confused, perhaps. I don't know. But all right, all right, all right. <laughs> okay, well, do you, any giveaways or anything for our listeners? No giveaway this time. Um but next next month we're going to okay. be talking or next next podcast we're going to talk about Ella Guru out of Decatur, Georgia, and so maybe we'll do a little giveaway around you know where the name came from. Mm. Well, thank you, Doctor Disc, and and people don't forget to go if you can't make it to Virginia Beach and experience Vinyl Days, top notch record store. Uh, go to Vinyl Days that D A Z E vinyldaysrecords.com and check out their website otherwise you're going to have to take a vacation of virginia beach which isn't so bad right <laughs> just make sure that it's good weather um don't go there in october or november where it's hurricane season anyway um so we'll see you next time on the record store recon podcast don't forget to go to goldminemag.com for other content besides our quarterly print edition uh, which will be coming out in December, winter 2023. And we'll have three bands on the cover, or three artists, I should say. And that would be The Beatles, Night Ranger, and Bruce Springsteen. Never heard of them. So, <laughs> <laughs> and collector's editions on Night Ranger and Springsteen. Uh, Frank Stefanko, one of Bruce Springsteen's close photographers, um, does an 8x10 gave us an eight by 10 to use for the collector's edition, which was from his Nebraska photo shoot. So that should be good. And night Ranger is going to autograph uh, a print for us. So those Very are good nice. collector's editions. Um, also go to shop.goldminemag.com. That's where you could buy those collector's editions mm -hmm. and exclusive vinyl. And, you know, you can get vinyl subs. We have deals. We're having one right now. Uh, three for 60 i think it is so i think i saw that yeah yeah all right man so we'll see you next time on the record store recon edition of the goldmine podcast take care dr disc thank you find what you're looking for 
inside their record store across the whole world they've gone searching for shelves of gold to find that perfect score you're listening to the record story calm you're listening to the record story calm It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points. 